Welcome to the Homeschool Mama Self-Care Podcast. I'm so excited to have you here in my closet, sitting on top of my pillows. If you were invited to have a cup of coffee with me in my home, you would never see this room. But every week you get to connect with me over the airwaves in my closet. My new computer is propped up on my yoga pants. My homeschool yoga pants, my decade and a half collection of homeschool mama yoga pants. So welcome to the podcast. I'm Teresa Wiedrich, the homeschool life coach at Capturing the Charmed Life. And I'm dedicating this season, season four of the podcast to the overwhelmed homeschool mom, because you want to be clear, confident and satisfied in your homeschool and life, not overwhelmed. So on today's episode, we get to do something really cool. I'm going to introduce you to three homeschool moms and also podcasters and also coaches. And we are going to have a conversation about a few different topics that are candid conversations that you can hear the full conversations in the Homeschool Mama Patreon support group. So I bring to you Erica Kesselman, Jennifer Bryant, and Pat Fenner. Erica and I are going to discuss homeschool moms, big emotions, how to address anger in us, what to do when we feel triggered. Jennifer Bryant and I are going to discuss how much time is enough time to give to our children and recognizing that our kids are separate human beings with separate needs. And sometimes those needs are for solitude. And Pat Fenner and I are going to discuss our separate identities, separate identities from our homeschool mom identity or our homeschool mom role, how to instill boundaries and how to develop ourselves, how to continue developing ourselves in our homeschool journey and beyond. I'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode. And if you want to show some love to this podcast, would you give a review on Apple Podcasts or would you share a review on Apple Podcasts? Because when you do that, you're really just putting this podcast in front of more homeschool moms. I'm looking forward to connecting with you and I'm going to give you a special invite into the Patreon support group somewhere in the middle of this episode. You're creating homeschool community for your kids, but are you building homeschool community for you? I came to homeschooling as a different human being than you. Uh, yeah, you're probably saying. I have different struggles, I have different interests, and I've lived in different places. I actually moved 19 times before I was 20. Fun fact, not so fun to do it. I've learned that everyone around me has different frameworks in life. They see the world differently. They saw different music concerts than I did growing up. Their musical devices are filled with music I might never listen to. And we might read different genres of books or not like to read at all. You might experience family relationships differently than me. You might have different educational backgrounds. You've chosen to have kids for different reasons. So it shouldn't be any wonder that we approach this homeschool lifestyle differently either. Some are more liberal, some more conservative, some more regimented, some more carefree, some prefer textbooks, some prefer historical fiction, some listen to audiobooks. We're different. Surprise! We already knew we were. 
So uniformity doesn't need to be an unfulfilled expectation in our homeschool communities. When we listen and when we speak from our hearts, we learn from one another. We might hear a gem of help from an unexpected place and have our path move in a more peaceful, freeing, useful direction for us and our homeschool kids. That's the beauty of being open to know and be known by others. There are always gifts to be received in the nuggets of wisdom that others share when we're open to hearing them. There's a wealth of experience we can tap when it's not just coming from our story. So I'll try my hand at being myself and myself only. But I want to try my hand at being myself in community. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while, I think you and I will connect. As Anne of Anne of Green Gables said, I think we'll be kindred spirits. Kindred spirits are not so scarce as I used to think. It's a splendid thing to find out there are so many of them in the world. Lucy Maud Montgomery wrote in Anne of Green Gables, and I know this to be true too, especially when we assume that other people have something to offer us. So to have community, we need to be the community. So I've learned. At the end of most podcast episodes, I've been sharing that you are invited to join me in the Homeschool Mama Patreon support group, but I've never really let you peek into the support group until now. So on this episode, I get to share with you three snippets of discussions I've had with other homeschool mom coaches, mentors, podcasters that might help you shift perspective in your homeschool. They might give you a few nuggets of wisdom for your homeschool and for your life. The Patreon support group is an opportunity, a place really, a place virtually to get real with other authentic homeschool moms to support each other when we need it or just learn about other homeschool families around the continent. It's a place to learn and discover important ideas or concepts that will benefit you and your homeschool kids. If we've spoken to some concept or discussion point on the podcast, or if I offer coaching around it, you can guarantee we go a whole lot deeper into all these discussions in the support group. The support group is a place to ask all the questions, confess all your worries, and be reminded that you and your kids are going to be okay. It's also a place that every month you get to connect with a unique homeschool personality, three of which you're about to hear from, aka a homeschool encourager, or a podcast guest, or a podcaster, an author, a coach, or someone that will just help you gain perspective on your challenges. And girl, these are remarkable conversations that you can be a part of because they happen once a month live and you can join them and have conversations with these people. If you're looking to do your homeschool year alongside a supportive community, one that actually really sees who you are, affirms who you are, and helps you to become more you, then you're invited. First, I'm going to introduce you to Erica Kesselman. You've heard me interview her before. She's the conscious homeschool coach. She's both an unschooler 
and she's a life coach. She has a very similar heart for you, the homeschool mom, as I do. So I'm looking forward to having you hear a conversation between us, a discussion of anger in our homeschools. So let's take a peek into that conversation. To me, it's like the tip of an iceberg. It's the thing that you see at first glance above the water and it's sharp and it can be damaging like to the Titanic uh, or other things. And yet it's the first thing. And if you were to look at an iceberg and it has this like sharp tip, but it goes down and it keeps getting broader and deeper and stronger and larger. And there is a, a birth, I guess, maybe that's not the right word, but of emotions underneath that. Yeah. And in some ways, I think that that tip of the anger is really just a protective mechanism to protect our hearts from whatever it is that's going on underneath that we don't feel vulnerable enough to share. And, um, and so that's how I direct my kids. At, and they get pretty, you know, tired of this too, this discussion of, so yeah, I know, but I'm just angry. And so then, of course, I have to wait and then have a discussion in a time where it's not so heated, but to understand what is actually going on underneath that. So I act as a mirror for my kids when they allow me, because I don't assume I get to do this now that they're teenagers. It's not an assumption that I can always engage something because I see it. You can do that when they're younger very easily. But when they allow me to engage that, then to help them be um, aware of what's going on inside of them. It's almost like a free counseling, hmm. uh, you know, session, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Right. Yeah. So such a good point. Such a good point. And raising our awareness, raising our consciousness of how to be in relationship with ourselves and with our kids does include emotional expression, you know, that emotional landscape. And we often forget that because we are really living in emotional dark ages. Now, fortunately, like conversations like you are, and like what we're having now and that you have with parents, it's, we're raising our awareness, our education around how we are as humans and we're very emotional creatures, right? Sentient beings. So it's so important. And I, I heard two things that were so, so good. It's like looking that analogy of the iceberg. I mean, so good. I remember seeing some infographics around that, like what's happening beneath the surface of your behaviors, your child's behaviors. Cause you're right. There's always more vulnerable emotions there. Maybe it's a hurt and it often it's a pain. It's a suffering is really the deepest root of it. Mm-hmm. And we unpack that a lot um, with my coaching clients. It's like, what's going on beneath the surface? And yeah. then the second part of that is knowing how to be with the anger or be with the hurt in a way that feels safe, really, because yeah. all emotions are safe and we're meant to feel all emotions, right. but it doesn't ever feel that way because it, mm-hmm. it spills out and it's out of control. We have our adult tantrums because Mm -hmm. you know that's what I was experiencing a tantrum itself because I didn't know what to do with this anger and how to be with it and how to feel safe with it you know it's like a such a distrust and a mistrust so but thankfully it's 
I mean, our bodies are meant to change and evolve and it doesn't have to, you don't have to stay in that pattern, but it does take yeah. work and commitment yeah. and it takes a lot to of find work. the right help. So what do you actually do? What would you actually suggest um, you do so that you could become more self-aware? What are the actual practices? Yeah. Um, so self-aware would be knowing your thoughts, your actions, your feelings, um, and knowing like how to manage them, be with them, feel safe with them, and obviously understanding kind of your own pattern, how it's impacting your relationship with yourself, and then obviously relationship with other people like your kids. And I mean, the, there's many different ways to start processing. You have to go really slowly. What helped me was working with a coach because yeah. I didn't know like how to do this, this work. So I worked with a coach and somebody who's been there before done some of the work. And, um, and then also just being very gentle with yourself and self-compassionate. Um, first and foremost would be uh, just whenever you're feeling triggered very slowly, like kind of noticing what you're feeling, where you're feeling it in your body and mm-hmm. getting yeah. a little bit comfortable. Um, we're all, we're just very disconnected from our bodies. We're all operating from the head up. Mm-hmm. You know, our brains are so powerful. We want to, we think we can think our way into a different situation. We can think our way out of our reactivity. Like, oh, if I just tell myself that I'm safe or I can do this, then it will work that way, but it doesn't always happen that way. I mean, at least my story and many of the clients I work with, it's like, we're at the mercy of our reactivity. So definitely being able to connect to your body is the first and foremost. And for me, it was breath. Like that's why I went down the rabbit hole and got certified in worked with a breathwork teacher, got certified in breathwork because that was really powerful for me. Um, Connecting with your breath and just being able to very slowly figure out how you're feeling, what you're feeling, where you're feeling in your body. Maybe you're feeling a tightness in your chest. You want to yell. And then what kind of calming tool, like how can you move that out of your body in a healthy way? You know, like, do you need to go yell into your pillow or go out and get some movement in your body? Oftentimes it incorporates movement, movement. That's what somatic work is too. Somatic is just body-based exercises, getting into our body to um, really move that stuck emotion out of our body. So I've had this transition over the course of like, I think I started this in 2004. So whatever, a couple of years ago. And, um, you know, it also the breathing, every time you say breathing, I breathe instinctively because it is actually just, excuse me. It's just like putting your foot on a brake and it really is slowing things down. Physiologically, all of your systems are required to slow down. You're taking off the gas that are you taking away the gas from the system? And yeah. so it's an automatic, but the thing that I've had the hardest time with is something in what you were just saying about wanting the feeling to go away already. And how can I get rid of it already? And the movement towards accepting the fact that sometimes maybe some afternoons or some days, it is just not going to be a nice, beautiful, bright, blue, sunny sky. And it is just what it is. It's human. It's life. It's just accepting the reality of all of that. Oh yeah. And that's the saying yes to our feelings. That's a yes, I'm safe. And you know what? Feeling grumpy today, feeling crappy. 
there's thoughts that are associated with that, that are really not, because our feelings are not the truth of who we are. Our feelings are just waves of energy that are meant to feel flow through us. So it's like when you're feeling something, you're not, especially you not used to feeling it, it could feel really overwhelming. I mean, depending where you are in your trauma history and your attachment history, like you want to be sensitive to that. That's what like going slowly. But yeah, I mean, some days uh, if you're feeling down and sad, it's okay to just be with that a little bit, you know, like just kind of whatever you need to do to um, whether it's writing, you know, journaling or listening to music and letting out that good cry. So there's really like two ways to use breath work. And what you talked about is that, yeah, how we're operating so automatically, we don't even like we're breathing, but we don't it's not a conscious breathing, right? So we're breathing, we're often very like in our stress response. So we can use our breath to activate our calm. And that's very important, right? To Mm -hmm. create that greater balance and get more clarity around our thoughts. But then I've used, and I learned how to use breath work too, to process unprocessed feelings Mm -hmm. or unfelt feelings. So it's actually more activating the sympathetic nervous system where you're releasing the anger or the hurt or the pain through your breath or through maybe yelling. Um, so that in and of itself, and that's why I had to become this breathwork teacher because I'm like, Oh my goodness, this work is so powerful for me, but it's, would you lead me through that? Like, obviously I'm not very angry right now. I'm kind of like, this is fun. (laughs) This is a rainy day. And I get to hang out with my people, have a cup of tea. This is fun. But imagine that I'm like, really? Okay. I'll try to conjure it up. No, I won't. But would you (laughs) you try to lead me through a breathing exercise that I could use to help me pass through? Yeah. Well, it's, it's really, um, a therapeutic process and it has to be something intentional that you're actually going to lay down and do with the intention of, okay, I'm feeling stuck. You know, I have these racing thoughts on my mind. They're just, just pent up tension and hurt or, and it's like literally laying down and consciously breathing for at least 20, probably 30 minutes. It's really intense. But I, I mean, if you're curious, I was, um, my coach was John creamy, John Paul creamy. And I don't know if he's like the founder of, I mean, it's an ancient practice, but Mm -hmm. he really popularized it. I know. And, oh yeah, for sure. I mean, that's, um, it's super profound. So it's laying down and it's a two part breath where it's in your mouth. And then in your belly, so it's like chest, belly, and then you exhale. So it's technically, I guess, three part on the exhale, but it's in your mouth, in into your chest, and then you breathe into your belly, and then you exhale, and it's all mouth breathing. It's all mouth breathing. So it's. I love breathing. You, yeah. I thought it was so weird when I first heard about this idea of breathing. I'm like, um you know, I took nursing school and they did teach yeah. us about the respiratory system. And if you yeah. don't have that thing working, it means you're dead. Yeah. <laughs> so like, you don't really need to be taught to breathe. That's what I thought. And right. when, but when you put this into praxis or practice, when you have a breathing practice, you realize, yeah. whoa, it really did actually slow me down. Yeah. Help me deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, so we uh, we can use it in that way for sure to to process these unprocessed emotions and really feel a sense of lightness and clarity. Um, thinking about that's kind of that inner child work, inner child healing work that um, at the root of it is like we all experience hurts and pains that we're not that our caregivers were not able to meet us with that hurt and pain. They maybe told us to be quiet. We were punished. We were spanked. We were sent to our room. So you're key storing all of that um, in your body. And then breath work for me personally and for um, some of my clients, it's been a way to process that pain. But right. for other people, maybe it won't, you know, it's not the same because people may process their their hurts or their inner child wounds maybe through art or through dance or through some kind of movement or journaling. There's many different ways to go about doing it, but yeah. Um, the There's certain guided meditations that I've listened to as well yeah. that were really effective when I'm having a really intense feeling and mm-hmm. have, it almost feels like I've got someone with me, but I don't feel the judgment of them looking at me going, why did you get so angry? Um, mm-hmm. But I can just lay there and listen to the meditation and it really does help bring me down. Another mm-hmm. thing that I do is go in front of the mirror and talk to myself because like you said, it gets me out of my head. And so I'm looking at this other person and having this conversation with this other person. And even though I know it's me, I can somehow be a little bit more objective. What a conversation that was with Erica talking about our anger and how to address it practically, like with breath work or standing in front of the mirror, reparenting and self-compassion. That is just the tip of the iceberg in that conversation. So I'm going to move on to the conversation with Jennifer Bryant, who is also a homeschool mom in Hawaii and has two kids. She also happens to be a homeschool podcaster and author and coach. Jennifer and I have a conversation about her approach to dealing with all the emotions that a homeschool mom might have, how to observe it and vent it and express it with her acronym OVER, O-V-E-R. She also discusses anxiety and depression and that feeling of not good enough. We talk about uh, really how to challenge our thoughts when we're having any of these big emotions. And in this snippet, we get to listen into the conversation between the two of us about how much can you give to your homeschool child? How much time do your kids need from you? <laughs> Trick question? All the time. That is probably the honest answer of most kids, and it's completely understandable. That's what they need. They need us. And yet, how much time can we actually give them? Let's listen. We've built in really hardwired ways of approaching family and parenting and homeschooling. And we're like, this is the right way. And we didn't hit it today. Um, Just like you said, we have to keep challenging that. What is right? What is true? What is perfect? What's good enough? And yeah, I mean, you and I really do have a lot of overlap. We might say things Mm -hmm. in different ways or frame it differently, but it's always about coming back to, is your thought true? And not always, in fact, often not, 
not quite. You know, right. I, you know, I don't know what it compels you to feel. And so I don't want to fill in your gaps for you. But if I was you, uh, and I have been you, where I feel like, but I want to show up in this moment for my child. And so I'm going to be right there all the time. But is that real? Like we as parents, mothers, are we supposed to be with our child, even as homeschool parents, all the time? Are we supposed to give them everything all the time? And of course, part of me says, well, yeah. And then the other part goes, what? Like, am I God? <laughs> you know, can I be everything to my child? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's- yeah you, you know, that's okay. Good. That, that reminds me actually of what one of the mamas was telling me in the interview the other day. I'm interviewing moms about time management. Yeah. And, yes. And yeah. He's, he's talking about like one of the fears for her was, um, not being available enough for her child. And she's, she has one three-year-old right now. She's in a, in the only child phase. She's not sure if she'll have more yet, but, but her concern is legitimate because she wants to give him everything, uh, every opportunity not to be that stereotypical only child. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, she wants to yeah. be with him and help him to understand social socialization um, to get him into the great, you know, preschool programs to spend to get off work and have good boundaries at work to, to be able to spend time with him, you know, after, and that's what she feels guilty for because she doesn't know how to balance keeping the house in order and spending the quality time she needs to with her baby boy. Yeah, tricky. And I'm like, that's real. First yeah. of all, your feelings are real. Yeah. <laughs> Second of all, let's start to unpack this idea of how much time, how much quality time needs to be spent with our children yes. for them to thrive, right? Because yeah. we, we do know, like we know, but we don't believe it because the guilt sort of takes over. We know that our kids need to learn to be independent, to make their own decisions. And they're not going to have the chance to do that if we're always right, right there, yeah. right? So, so what is the truth that had to be inserted into that belief system? The truth is your child needs time, some time away from you. Exactly. But how much time and at what age is this appropriate? Yeah. And sometimes it's different kids, different ages. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for a three-year-old, it's very different than a 13-year-old. <laughs> yes, 13-year-old is. needs way more time by herself yeah. than when she was three. That's right. Um, and I have to back off. You know, um, even if I see her doing something not not wrong, like illegal, but like, yeah, it's not the way I would do it. Right. Gotcha. <laughs> I still have to give her the space to experiment and figure that out. And is that going to be okay with you, mama? shift gears with Pat Fenner and talk about authenticity, becoming more us, developing our own identity, and learning not to be people pleasers. Pat is a graduated homeschool mama, a 25-year veteran of homeschooling, and now she's moved into podcasting and podcast editing. You can find her at Strong Women Bright Future Podcast. So let's listen.
And now I have to catch myself and say, okay, who am I like, who am I authentically? And what am I really here for? And then go with that. And curiously, it's more attractive to people than the uh, people pleasing want to actually satisfy people. That's the irony of it. The irony of it is when you're true to yourself, then people go, oh, yes, this makes sense to me, or you make sense to me more than you wanting them to. Yeah. Yeah. I was watching a show the other day, and one of the characters on it is like, you know, people pleaser to the nth degree. And I was looking at, at him, you know, just as, as a character and thinking that is so unattractive, right? That's so yeah. unattractive to, to do that. And, and yet, why do I feel like I have a hard time not being that way? Like, because I, I feel like I want to make everybody happy. I'm, you and I are both twos. We've had conversations about this before and yeah. we don't only want to fix it for people, but we want to be able to, to get, for them to give us feedback about, Oh, thank you for doing yeah. that. But you know, yeah. That is not our job. Right. And I have to constantly tell myself that, that it's not either, it's neither my job to fix it for people, nor is it my job to hear the, the, get the pat on the back. Yeah. You know, my job is to ultimately not the point. Yeah. And you need to be authentic to whoever you are. Right. And and to what God's led me to do. And that sometimes people aren't going to like that and they won't feel helpful at the moment, you know? Yeah, 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 that that boundary element is so intertwined with identity is what I see. It's not so much like, well, okay, so I struggled with this, I definitely hear other people speak like this, that they don't want to be understood as not nice, or not kind, which, if we're being honest, if we really look at our scenarios, or our relationship that we have issues with boundaries. It's that we don't want them to be mad at us or disapproving of us, actually. Uh, It's not really about being kind or nice because I guess the kind or nice thing just is, it's glossy, but it's not authentic. And so you, you know, why don't you just let anybody do anything then? Say or do whatever, like, why not? You know? Why not? (laughs) Why not? But a different why not. <laughs> right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. That identity, the stronger sense of identity you have, the less boundary challenge you have. I know that from my experience, I've shared that many times with people that my tendency was always to see when somebody needed me and then I was white on rice, <laughs> but I was immediately there. And now I I don't actually hear the people the same way. I know that people have challenges. Like my husband is an eMERGE physician. So he's consistently exposed to people that have mental health challenges or drug addictions or serious intense stuff going on. And um, and he's he's even better with identities or his boundaries than I am. But I, I instinctively want to react to those people and, and just, you know, or I should say 15 years ago, I wanted to just, and now I just go, well, but that's their choice. That's their decision to own who they're supposed to be. It's their decision to do the work, not mine. That's right. And if I can walk alongside them authentically and be available to them, well then, okay. But that's, but even that is their decision. Their choice. Precisely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. yeah. I love this conversation because that overwhelm boundaries, identity, purpose, I'm just like, it's all one and the same. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it is. Yes. And, and it's really important that homeschool moms, since that's who we're talking to, you know, that we don't let those things go as you're like, they're not, that's what's important. And, and just as important as for your kids, like in encouraging them to do that. Um, and I'm going to put that, I'm going to even go out on a limb here and say that that's more important than the academics. for joining me today. I hope that you've enjoyed these little moments in our Patreon support community. You, of course, are always welcome to join us there. You can join us in these conversations. If you're looking to do your homeschool year alongside a supportive, authentic community, then you're invited. And what I haven't mentioned is that as a homeschool mama in the support group, you have access to my Patreon-only feed that features what I'm planning next for you or what I'm creating so that I can be a support to you. You'll have access to the extended guest interviews that you've heard, little snippets this week, but you'll also be able to participate in those conversations and get personal encouragement. You can access discounts on group coaching, on intensives and one-on-one coaching sessions. You'll have all the archived Patreon episodes and content, but most importantly, you'll have the Patreon Homeschool Mama support community of like-minded, as in we're authentic and supportive and looking to show up on purpose in our homeschools. You can find the Homeschool Mama support group at the patreon.com slash homeschoolmamaselfcare. I'm looking forward to getting to know you and your homeschool family. You got this, girlfriend.